It began as a trip to freedom. I've done it. I'm leaving Lawson. But became a journey into darkness. Hi. Listen, you think I could ask you for a ride, please? The first mistake was to give him a ride. Hey, Lieutenant, how you doing? You see my wife come through here? Oh, jeez, I thought I recognized her, but she uh, had some guy with her. What am I going to do with you? Hey everybody, it's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JD. And I'm Randy, and this week we checked out a 1990 action thriller starring Michael Dudikoff, Mark Hamill, Savina Gersak, and featuring Robert Mitchum. That's We're right. We're talking about Midnight right. Ride. From 1990. Well, I, I said that at the beginning when I said in the 1990 action thriller, JD. Were you not listening? You know, like how I wasn't listening during the entire movie and didn't pick up until uh, the credits that the guy's name was Lawson and he's a cop? Where they literally said it at the very first scene of the movie and they mentioned it several times after that. So, JD, let's just get straight to it here. Mm -hmm. The movie is directed by Bob Bralver. Okay. And this movie, why it makes suddenly a lot of sense is that he's a stuntman. There you go. And who's been in a lot of, uh, who's done a lot of stunts. Mm-hmm. Like he did stunt work for yeah. such hits as Suicide Kings, mm -hmm. Beastmaster 2, Darkman, mm -hmm. Lombada, the stunt coordinator uncredited. What? Uh, he, he was, did stunts on Roadhouse and Chud. Wow, that explains Like I said, he did, he did a lot of stunts out everywhere. So it's like, it, it's, this is very much a stunt work movie. Oh yeah, definitely. And he directed mm -hmm. a lot. Other than this movie, another movie that you'll find vaguely familiar, or should I say, TV series that you'll find vaguely familiar, which is Renegade. Oh. One episode. But also, he'll be directing a future film we watched under a different name. Mm -hmm. He'll be credited as Bobby Jean Leonard when he directs in 1993, American Ninja Three. We just did American Ninja 3. I thought we only did two. No, the first two were Michael Dudikoff and the third one had David Bradley, remember? Apparently not. <laughs> so this episode's off to a great start. Nonetheless, um, Midnight Ride is about a cop and his wife, Lawson and Laura, who are going through an emotion, uh, relationship problems, and she tries to run off, and she runs into Mark Hamill's character named Justin, who turns out to be a killer and takes her on a midnight ride. And Lawson basically goes through the whole night trying to get her back, trying to catch Justin, and a lot of chaos ensues from there. That's pretty much the entire story. He kills 10 people. Justin kills 10 people in this movie. Is it 10? It, it might be more than that. He it? turns and looks at Dr. Hardy, who is played by Robert Mitchum, and goes, I killed 10 people. That we know of, at least. Yeah, the, the entire movie is about a psychopath trying to get this woman to be his friend because of... Because she reminds him of his little sister that he was totally not molesting when his mother killed her. Like we could really infer what happened because of the way he was talking about it, but uh, yeah. Nonetheless, it's a pretty straightforward uh, thriller movie. It takes place over the span of one night. Literally one night, it's dark the entire movie. You don't see any daylight at all. 
And it's a pretty small cast. Yeah, it starts off as this action thriller of her just trying to get away from her her husband, mm-hmm. who, who they've seemingly had an abusive uh, relationship with for some reason. Well, because we don't she's, know. We don't know, except that he's threatening that, oh, you'll never get out of here. All my cop friends will get you. It's like, mm-hmm. um, okay, this is <laughs> kind of leaning a little bit more away from heated. Uh, and, and she's a Russian immigrant, so I'm like, well, that Mail order her, bride. Explains her accent. But he he <laughs> saves her, and I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like I don't know. And then she meets up with Mark Hamill, who seemingly is the nice guy until he starts murdering people because he's just crazy. Yeah, and it goes. Uh, he gets crazier and crazier as the story goes on, just as the events get crazier and crazier as the story goes on. Yeah, and, <laughs> and before, well, general impression before about two-thirds of the way through the movie, it starts to lose steam and they get to the hospital and it starts wrapping up. Which is like the last 20 minutes of the movie. It's like at the hospital. And it loses all momentum after that point and just kind of loses this weird... Well, yeah, because... Weird, uh, crazy energy it had. As we paused at that point, I'm like, we're near the end of the movie and we paused and I looked and it said it was 20 minutes up and like, what? How is there 20 minutes left of the movie? This should be the ending. And it turns out, oh, that's because they have to stretch this final segment out. Which is literally um, Michael Dudikoff's character chasing Mark Hamill's character through the hospital for about 20 minutes. 15 of those 20 minutes. <laughs> Pretty much. Five minutes of that 20 minutes was dedicated to Ripper, Robert, Ripper Mitchum, <laughs> Robert Mitchum trying to explain what's wrong with Justin and how he's his friend and how, how his... Let's just try to stop, save you, Justin, before we save her. Mm-hmm. Basically trying to talk him down. But like I said, it, the last... That last segment just goes on and on. He's chasing him. He's, uh, Mark Hamill's doing his Joker laugh. He keeps harming him. Yeah, this movie, though, like I said, general impression-wise, I suddenly understand that the director was a stuntman because there are crazy stunts in this movie. For a film that you wouldn't think to have it, there's Michael Dudikoff attached to the front of a car. There's a a car rolling down a hill before it kills a family and blows up and... terrific explosion there's a gas station exploding after uh two police officers are killed and left on uh covered in gas and he fires a shotgun blast shotgun at them and sets it in flame and yeah this movie's then there's the part where he takes the car off the um oh yeah how about when when the police officer steals the car off of uh, a truck that's with a very canadian or southwestern (laughs) uh driver who's heading up to a movie set you know (laughs) yeah that was really bizarre too but the movie itself is pretty straightforward. Like I said, um, we already described the plot. That's pretty much it. But what makes the movie like different, I guess, is the fact that all these stunts are there. What's your highlight of the film? I'm not sorry, not highlight. I'm going to say, what's your general impression? I mean, that's my general impression. It's a pretty straightforward. Uh, it's just it's a straightforward late night movie, is and the way I want to say it. What's your what's your highlight? Because I think you know what my highlight is, <laughs> or who my highlight is. My high, my highlight is definitely the uh, the stunts. They're the be- they're the best part of the movie, and they come out of nowhere most of the time. I don't see any of them ever coming, and they just show up. My highlight. Several times I go, Whoa! My highlight of this film is Mark Hamill is go. a treasure. He there you go. Hammed it up to the nth degree in this film, uh, and just kept on going. Well, you know what? This is a paycheck, and I'm doing proto Joker right now, and I'm crazy. That's one of the whole. <laughs> That's one of the things we were watching it. Randy kept saying something to the effect of, "So the guys who are making the Batman show watch this, right? Is that where they uh, where they got where they got the idea to hire him?" 
because he's he's pretty close. He gets to the close to being a Joker. He gets pretty much into the Joker voice by the end. He said he he goes uh, more and more off the deep end as the movie goes, and by the end he's laughing pretty close to the way he was as the Joker. For for the people who don't understand, Mark Hamill would go on to play the Joker Mm -hmm. in the DC animated universe, but starting with Batman the animated series, which started in I believe 1992, which was two years after this, and it's his second most iconic role beside uh, the Giver. I was going to say cock puncher on uh, Jane Silent Bob the movie, but uh, also uh, Luke Skywalker. I don't know about that crap. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, he was pretty good in the movie. And like I said, he, he, he made it work because he got crazier and crazier as the movie went on. By the end of the movie, he's literally a laughing lunatic. Which... Yeah, and he <laughs> kills a lot of people. Uh, he kills like five cops, six cops, a whole family, people on a bus. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses different weapons too. He, yeah, the knife, his gun, his uh, gun he steals from Michael Dudikoff's character. Then uh, he shoot, uses a shotgun he steals from a cop to blow up a gas oh, tank. Oh yeah, he also he took a switchblade and killed a. Uh, it tore the eye out of the fake eye out of the hotel lady's face. Yeah, that was a pretty well done scene. While she was talking on the phone, all you see in the background is the light flash, and then uh, like everything go out. That was pretty cool. And apropos of nothing, I have to just bring up the fact that they walk through a door during that that hospital fight, and next thing you know, they're falling. So it's like they walked into a room that had no floor. Yeah, I think it was... And then they fell into a dungeon, apparently. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be they, like, went over a railing, but the way it was cut looks like they fell into another movie. It looked like they opened a door, stepped through, and then went, hey, there's no floor here, thump. They landed in Space Mutiny, basically, because that's the basement type thing it looked like. But it's a hospital basement, yet it looks gigantic with all these metal stairs and furnaces. And furnaces left and right. I was waiting for uh, Michael Myers to pop out on fire at some point because yeah. of the way it looked. And he's driving it's... an ATV down there. Yeah, there was an ATV <laughs> in the hospital basement. And he had a, I, Did he have a baseball bat? <laughs> and, the base, and the basement somehow was connected directly to the roof? Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> that was really because weird. after the basement, they're they're at the finale on the roof where he gets thrown off into electric panels before Michael Dudikoff kills a bunch of people on respirators by turning off the power. Yeah, very much like that scene in Death Wish Four uh, in the bumper cars where he falls on top and gets electrocuted. It's a lot like that, only he doesn't die because they have to have a scene at the end where uh, Michael Dudikoff shoots what? him in the head. Because this is technically a slasher horror film. There's Te- one more yeah. kill. There's one more kill. Yeah, actually, that it's it is more or less a slasher movie in a lot of ways. It's a thriller, obviously. Which brings but... me to one of my lowlights of the film. Like, there's a, there's a lot of lowlights, but um, Servina Gaskis, I think her name is. Um, is uh, his wife? Yeah, she's she's totally fine uh, overall, but Servina Gersik, but she's incredibly forgettable. Mm. She's she's barely like after her initial like, oh, okay, yeah, no, she has some fire in her. There's as a final girl, okay, she's pretty interesting, and then it's like. Nope. Okay, and this movie is now taken over by Mark Hamill. Yeah. Everybody else is secondary, and I literally forgot about her. Yeah. And, and like, oh, it's just Michael Dudikoff versus Mark Hamill, cop versus bad guy. Okay, wait. Oh, wait. Yeah, I forgot she was here. Yeah, because the whole point is he's supposed to latch on to her because of something about her. And, and that reminds kind of, him of her sister. You kind of see that at the beginning a little bit, but as it goes along, she kind of doesn't really do that reminds as much. Reminds him of his sister. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and but as it goes along, she doesn't really 
do a whole lot of other than she she fades in the background yeah um (laughs) and then another low light i have is i've already brought this up this movie loses momentum once it gets into the final act Mm -hmm. the energy of the film goes downhill but but then again except for the fight i think the fight is pretty crazy with them no it was very much a stuntman type of thing it's like they're falling (laughs) downstairs they're tumbling they're crawling but but the atv on the stairs but is it as exciting as a him taking out a bunch of cops at a gas station and just appearing out in the dark. And well, that's the whole point. Murking some fools. The whole movie really ramps up. That's why I said when they got that to the hospital. That felt like a climax right I felt there. like the hospital was like, okay, this is like the last 10 minutes. And when you saw it was the last 20 minutes, like, how is this the last 20 minutes? But yeah, that's probably the weak point of the movie. And then they try to make, and then they try to make him sympathetic with his backstory, being that eh. that his 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 father left them, his mother was a drunk who beat them, and that yeah, but they the had way- no power, and he was he was sleeping with his sister to yeah, keep her warm. But the way you even described it before is like, is he really telling the truth? Is he real? It's like, is he a reliable narrator? Who knows? Because He's he even a- said at the end when he was talking to the doctor, like uh, like I don't care, I'm going to kill people. He even it's said like something I don't like care, that. I kill ten people. He's like I like you're you're not my friend or something like that he's like i'm gonna kill more people. he's like he's like at the end he's just i'm I'm not even gonna have a pretense pretense of being a good person and and, and dr hardy's trying to sell it to you're like no no there's a sympathetic to him it's like he had a rough life hmm. no but, he's just crazy in this movie it's, no it's i like, think he just tricked you basically <laughs> i think he just tricked you it's he, like i said it's like some of the writing is off so like, yeah. like i said the momentum dies there are um, holes in the movie. Obviously. It really felt like they were like the whole hospital scene is just there because hey, we got Robert Mitchum in this role. It could have just been anybody. We yeah. got Robert Mitchum, so we have to give him some work. We need to give it extend it. Mm. This movie need, we need to be an hour and a half. We well, need to be an hour and a half movie. And that's the thing. After you get to like the whole part with the the cops and the explo- and the bus and the explosions, uh, for a finale, you would have had to do a lot more than what they did. And I think they did all they could with the setting they had because there's really else much else you can do. They literally did all you can do in a hospital, let's be honest. Like, they had the scene in the doctor's office, they had the scene trying to get up the stairs, and they had the scene in the basement. That's pretty much as much as you can do with the setting. There's not much else. This movie, like, strip away all the horror elements, the slasher elements, and just get it to down to the core of basically being a chase movie on the road in a car. Mm-hmm. This is what that movie with the that really incredibly boring movie we watched with the truck that... The only big part of it was jump over a... Oh, Thunder uh, Run. Thunder Run, yes. I couldn't remember if it was Thunder Run or Thunder Road. That's what it wanted to be, so I think if the director of this movie had done that one, it might have been better. Yeah, that But movie was... this movie, like, you should strip it down to it. It's a totally fine... Um, it's a late night chase movie. movie. Chase so, movie, yeah. It's a late night movie. It's exactly the type of movie you'd be flipping around, like, between Friday the 13th movies and beyond... You know, on uh, late night. That's the type of thing you'd watch. And even though I know you've said it, I want to make it clear here. Mm-hmm. So what is... Your, high, your, your low light of the film because you said it but just to make it clear what is your low light? The fact that it loses all momentum? About that? The yeah. last 20 minutes? Yeah. Because like I said when we were watching the thing I'm like okay we're near the end and I saw there was 20 minutes left and I couldn't understand how we still have 20 minutes left and then I figured out oh that's why we have 20 minutes. Yeah. So how would you rate this movie? How do you feel about this movie? Is it a recommend? Is it a not? Is it a... a I'm, I'm guessing you're going to give it about a three... I'm going to go with a three. I I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was perfect. I thought there was quite a bit of holes in the movie. But as a whole experience, I actually did enjoy it. And I liked how it ramped up, especially with Mark Hamill's performance as he went along and got crazier and crazier as the story happened. But like I said, it's not exactly the best thing we've seen, especially in this sort of genre. And the final 20 minutes are kind of a letdown. But I do like the final 
fight with uh, Mark Hamill and Michael Dudikoff kind of makes up a little bit for it, but not totally. This movie is not very good, mm. but it's enjoyable. Like, there's something about it that is just kind of fun in a way, but this isn't high cinema. This isn't... No, it's a late this night is, movie. This is a late night movie, as you said. Mm. And with that, I'm leaning more towards liking it, so I'll give it a three as well. It's Like mm. I said, it's it's... I. I'm not going to recommend it to people, but if at the same time, it's like, if you watch it, it's completely forgettable, but it's fun while it lasted. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, Mark Hamill is like the the main redeeming factor of it. Mm -hmm. And the directing, while kind of meh overall, it was, did have some really good action sequences. Yep. I guess we even mentioned the, uh, the, the car sequence where he takes the car off the thing. Like, that's obviously when he said it was a stunt man who directed the movie. Oh, that's why that happened. Okay, I get it now. JD thought I was going somewhere else because I would refuse to tell him why everything suddenly made sense. You always do stuff like that, though. I said, we'll wait till we record the episode, then I'll surprise Smiley you. face killers. Yeah, just like that one. Just like that one. Her last film before she died of cocaine abuse. <laughs> well, that was the Wikipedia article on that one. It was like, this is her last movie before she died of cocaine, and she's like eight in the movie. Like, what? What? And it's like, oh, she died 20 years later. This was her last movie. Well, you could have said that in the article. Yeah, because that was a little <laughs> too much, you know, to, to kind of... Uh... And with that, <laughs> we've got nothing else to say with this episode, everybody. Um... We both gave it a three. It's totally a fine movie. Midnight Ride. Mm. Watch it if you want. It's on YouTube in a terrible VHS rip <laughs> uh, that's been there for nearly eight years or more. Yes. So it's not the best. Trip. I'm Randy. And I'm JD. And this was another exciting edition of the Cannon Cruisers. Keep cruising at Canon Catalog. And we'll see you next time, everybody. Ow! Goodbye. We're Canon Films, and we're Dynamite. Don't run away from me, okay? The last mistake. Promise! was trying to escape. Try and catch me now. A madman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin was one of the worst cases I've ever dealt with. This one makes you look, uh, alive. Profoundly sociopathic. On the road. You're busted. To destruction. Mark Hamill, Savina Gershak, Michael Dudikoff, Robert Mitchum, Midnight Ride.